Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman and Associates. Now, here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thanks so much for joining me again this week, our part two with Fran Little. So my motivational quote for today is by David Rubenstein, and he says, As the baby boomers like me are retiring and getting ready to retire, they will spend whatever it takes, and they, they are the wealthiest generation in our country, to make themselves live an enjoyable life in their retirement years. The baby boomers have been the largest generation and the wealthiest when it comes to buying power. What does this generation feel about accumulating stuff? Has it changed over the past decade? I have a feeling it has. First, let's define who falls into this generation and what's been ad- what has been the ads that work for them. So baby boomers run the age between 50 and 69, and they were really the first generation in the U.S. to be constantly inundated with ads from all angles. And wait for it. Yes, they're tired of it, or we're tired of it. Pushing out ad campaigns isn't the best way to achieve success with the boomers anymore. All right, we're going to get scientific for a minute. Research has shown that this generation has a greater right brain orientation. Fran's going to explain this to us better. The emotional, intuitive right brain is less interested in details than it is in the total picture, and, and the right brain loves stories. So what do we do? You should focus your marketing efforts on your website and in content marketing to win boomers over. So this is very interesting. During our show today, I'll discuss marketing to boomers with Fran Lytle, again, my guest. She's a behavioralist, brand strategist, and co-founder of Brand Champ. Fran is an expert in gender and generation behavior and helps brands grow their business by embracing behavioral insight when developing marketing plans. So Fran, I'm really excited. Thank you so much for being on again this week um, to go to our part two, the baby boomers. So thanks. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, it's it's a wonderful opportunity for us to be able to share information uh, concisely with all the business owners and marketers out there. Really, it really is. And I the ha- I know I went from an hour to a half hour show. So and I love every time I have you on I love it because you're very concise and I feel at the end of the show you always give a tremendous amount of information and insight that folks can kind of go and run with it as soon as they're done listening. So I do recommend you guys get your pens and papers out because uh, this is is going to be another half hour jam packed with with key information. So let's jump in and begin by defining what the baby boomer profile looks like. So some of the executives, uh, the younger executives and business owners, can also understand what they need to do to engage. You know that what did I say, fifty to sixty nine? But you can give more profile information than that. Yeah, absolutely. The, the 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 baby boomers is an interesting it's an interesting generation. Uh, our priorities are really shifting from uh, purchasing material things to more ethereal things. You know, um, uh, as we age, we start to think more about um, you know we think more about uh, things uh, and ideas and uh, faith uh, because we start to think about our mortality not morbidly. But as we go through life, uh, we start to think about things that are different than when we were younger. And because of that, 
we're similar to millennials in that we are looking to acquire more experiences over stuff at this stage in our life. Uh, hmm. If you drive around any Saturday during the spring or the summer, maybe even the early fall, you will see houses having yard sales. And they do this because they're saying, you know what, we have so much stuff. We have to get rid of this stuff. And typically it's baby boomers. Uh, what they really would like to do is they'd rather go on a vacation. They'd rather go somewhere um, as a family. They'd rather go somewhere with their friends um, because that stuff meant something to us. But one something that we found out is our kids are not interested in inheriting our stuff because stuff is not important to them, as we discussed in the Millennial Show. So when that realization hits, we're all saying, well, what are we going to do with all this stuff? You know, we can't pass it down to our kids the way our parents did to us. They're not really that interested in it. So they're really interested in experiences. So there's a commonality with, with millennials. Um, we also have fewer family obligations, but we have a really a greater sense of priorities when it comes to spending because we either saved enough money for, for retirement or we haven't saved enough money for retirement. And if we saved enough money, we want to be able to use it the way we envisioned. Um, if we didn't save enough money, uh, you know, we're still working. It's very unusual to see people retire at the age of 62, although the official retirement age now is um, 66 for people born in 1954 or earlier. Um, it's 67 for a younger generation as defined by the federal government. But we're, we, we take more time to make a decision about spending our money. We worked hard for it, and we have a really good sense of priorities. We are looking to maintain our vitality. Go to any YMCA in your neighborhood, and you're going to see boomers walking on the treadmill. Um, we want to make sure that we stay healthy because we worked so hard for so much of our life. Now we want to have fun, but we don't want to have all the aches and pains that come with not being in shape. And, Many of us have had jobs that are sedentary. So, uh, you know, exercise, it's a good time to start exercise any time, right? So we're, we have a, a priority for to maintain a vitality. And we also have a fear, and this is mostly women, we have a fear of dying poor. Uh, we don't want to be a burden to our children, and we know that our children starting their life off with a lot of debt because they have student debt. So we realize that they're not in a situation to help us out, not that we would rely on them, but we're concerned about what's going to happen to us. You know, my, my daughter is a nurse, and she said, you know, because I'm a nurse, you guys are really lucky because when you get older, I'm going to pick out the really, really best uh, retirement home for you to go to. I said, first of all, we're not leaving our place. We're going to live here, which, which a lot of baby boomers do. They'll retrofit their home to have uh, a bedroom on the first floor. They'll make it easier to live in their home. We don't want to leave our home. We'd like to, to stay where we are. Of course, um, many people have to downsize. But I said, yeah, and, and what makes you think that you're the one who's going to make a decision like that? <laughs> Absolutely, right? It's funny, friend. A, a couple of things that you said, the um, health that we are, I don't think I ever remembered my mom exercising. That was like just foreign. That would have been foreign. Even the thought of it is kind of weird to me. Here's the deal, though. My kids, you know, they're very into fitness and stuff. You know, they're athletes, which is awesome. And they see me working out. You know, I have a personal trainer who comes and kicks my butt twice a week. And 
because as I'm getting older, everything is shifting and my muscle mass is reducing and I, I don't want to ache and I, I want to be healthy. And, and really funny, my dad, he's actually 86, if it's not nice weather, when it's nice weather, he walks with his sisters who also live locally, my aunt. If it is bad weather, he has a treadmill downstairs and he does a few miles um, every day. So even my parents, even that generation is aware of the need to move the body because we have so much more information available. The other thing I wanted to comment on is throwing stuff out. My husband called my family the throw-out family. We keep nothing. But my parents do not want to burden us with all of their stuff that when the time comes is just going to end up in the trash because, oh, by the way, I have enough stuff in my house. I don't want their stuff, right? So they, they really are very good at purging so that their house, it's not a mess, you know, God forbid, when the time comes. Same thing in my house, and I'm giggling because this weekend we dropped my son off at, at college first time in, on Friday, and all weekend I was like an animal cleaning his room and throwing just stuff that he's never going to use. And then I hit my little guy's closet and then I hit my closet. My husband, we had 10 bags of stuff to, to give to Goodwill. And my husband's like, oh, my God. And I said, look at what we accumulate. We have to stop this accumulation. I want to purge. I want to simplify. We need simplicity so that we have more free time to enjoy the kids go visit them if they're playing hockey at college. So stuff has become so much less important than when I first started working where the accumulation was a measure of success. Now I could care less about that. So you're, you are, I think, dead on, and I, I bet the, the folks that are baby boomers listening are saying, yeah, 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 this makes so much sense. Next question then. So we all have triggers uh, to get us to buy. What are some of the values that boomers are looking for and what are the experiences that they're seeking, especially since we've learned a little bit from the millennials? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, one of the most important things for, for us as boomers is we're looking for personal significance. Um, you, when, when you go ahead and uh, share with me about your product or service, I'm going to try to figure out what it means to me. So a brand and a company would be much more successful if they start off telling me a story that lets me know what that product or service is going to do for me and then backs it up with facts. And that will get to, um, you mentioned in your introduction, that we have a greater right brain orientation. This is what happens as we age, um, we start, our right brain uh, doesn't grow, but it's just more connected to uh, different areas of the brain in the, the lobes and also mm -hmm. the hemispheres. And because of this, the right brain is where we see images and um, we hear stories and we're constantly searching for what does it mean to me. So... We love stories, and a story does not have to be a long story. Okay, it could be a sentence, and it could be a, a photograph, it could be a video, it could be, it actually could even be a, um, it could be a review, and somebody writes a review about something. So the brands will win with boomers if on their website and in their social media, they, they present stories that make me get the aha, oh, I get that, that's for me. We call it the accepted consumer head nod. You want me to nod my head and go, yeah, 
hey, that product is for me. I could really use that. Um, and we so don't don't use the bulleted points and facts when you're trying to engage uh, boomers. What you want to be able to do is to share a story with us. And it, you could either tell the story or you could have your customers tell a story about you. Um, uh, you could have uh, people that uh, thought about being customers and maybe didn't engage you for some reason. You know, share the, 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 the entire gamut, the 360 of what your brand story is. Remember, you're the author of your story, but you can decide how you want it to, um, to be shared. Now, when you share your story, you have two opportunities. You can share it as an authority, um, or you can go ahead and share it by sharing experiences of how people were affected. Now, I mentioned to you earlier when we were not on the radio that I, I'm working with a not-for-profit right now that's helping obese children. And the people who are in charge of this not-for-profit, they are authorities because they're chefs and they're nutritionists and they're researchers in the food category. But instead of uh, inundating me with facts about child obesity and what has to be done, uh, it's much better if they're trying to engage the boomers for them to share the story about the kids that were positively affected by the programs that they're instituting in the schools. That's what boomers want to see and want to hear. So rethink your, your strategy. This is a rethinking strategy here. Um, no, no more bullet points. Uh, you want to go ahead and you want to share a story. You know, it's so funny because... When I when I teach the sales and and I it's it's a little it's definitely different than branding. I I tell everyone and I, I don't think it just works for for boomers either. I think this really does capture because I think millennials like that story because the reviews right they're giving direct feedback about their experience. So to me that's almost like a little story as well. When you share a story about how your product, service, whatever it is, and how you were able to help someone, let's say, reduce debt quicker um, with, for my bankers out there, right? So when you're able to give that information, people look at you and go, well, how'd you do it, right? That engagement, that excitement comes through. Whereas you, if you say to them, well, you really need to, you know, set up a budget and, you know, organize your debt from your highest interest. People are, by the third, third second of your, your statistics and information, they're checked out and not listening anymore. So by right. sharing that story, we feel what you're trying to do. And I know for myself, if I can feel your product or feel using it in my life that makes sense without me having to jump through hoops and everything, you, you have my attention. So I think for, for boomers, it, it's definitely about the feeling, the, um, the importance of whatever you're trying to sell to me. Does, does that make sense? Am I, am I getting that? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's more of an emotional attachment instead of a functional attachment. And one of the things to keep in mind when you're telling stories is there are four motivational drivers of everyone's behavior. Now, this is going to cross over into millennials too, all right? Um, we all need to feel these four things in our life. If so, if we don't feel them, we actually get depressed. Not clinical depression because that needs medication. But right. um, we're gonna we're gonna feel depressed in our lives. We need to feel belonging freedom, power, and fun. 
So what I um, mentor companies to do is to, you know, get one of those big postal notepads in a conference room and write these words on the, on the top of each pad, belonging, freedom, power, and fun, and get your team together and, and, and write on each one of them and say, you know, what, what kind of story that we can, sh can we share with boomers that make them feel that they belong? I mean, we like to think that we're smarter than the average bear. Do you remember uh, um, uh, Jellystone Park and uh, – Yes, Yogi Bear. So we like to think that we're smarter than the average bear. So make us feel that we belong to a group of smart people that are already using your brand. Um, when you get to the, the freedom – um, you know, uh, banks are great with this. I mean, they say, okay, you can go ahead and use, you can you can either get cash back if you use your card, or maybe what you can do is you can gain points if you use your card. They're giving us uh, the option of how we want to be rewarded. They're doing a great job of that. Figure out how can you make us feel the freedom? What types of choices can you give us in your service? I saw something uh, just this morning while I was on the treadmill. <laughs> I was on the morning that was uh, um, Verizon is now offering their data plans. And listen to this, it's so, so cool. You can buy it extra small, small, medium, large, or extra large. They're actually using the labels and clothing. And because mm. not everybody needs the same amount of data, but instead of calling it the plans that had names that nobody really knew what it was, you get this. You get it right away, you know. Um, so they're giving, now they're giving us a choice. So there's belonging, freedom, power. Boomers want to feel that they're empowered because there's a little bit of fear that the millennial generation wants to be more in control. And we still feel like, you know, we deserve to be respected. We, you know, we know some things. We can share some things. So Absolutely. What, <laughs> what can you do to make us feel empower, uh, uh, powerful? And then fun. Oh, fun is usually the easiest thing, except for in the financial industry. They say, you know, we can't have any fun. You can have, you can have fun in the financial industry. I mean, do something with your customers at the branches. Um, you could do something on your website. Uh, you know, the, a lot of children are not learning anything about finances now in school. So some banks are having a kid's corner where the kids can learn uh, by playing some games online. Um, so, but I really mentor every listener to do this. Put up those four pieces of paper and say, what story can we tell to make somebody feel that they belong, they have freedom, they want to have power, and they have fun? Now, on your website, this is how you'll go ahead and share stories. Don't share all stories about belonging because you're giving me the feeling that I'm not going to have freedom or power or fun. Don't give me just about power. So just pick out the stories and then say, oh, this is a really good testimonial. This person talked about how we gave them the freedom to arrange the, whatever services we're having. Let's put that on the website. So you just want to make sure you're going to tell stories and you're going to tell different ones. Tell me how I can belong to something. Yes. I have freedom, I have power, and I have fun when I engage your brand. Yeah, so we have to mix it up a little bit. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, um, I think you answered what, what I had written as my next question, how do we win the boomers over to buy from us? So I think that your exercise with the poster paper and the four motivational drivers, belonging, freedom, power, and fun, I think that answered it. So if you want to finish up any last thoughts on how to get them to buy from us, when we come back, that would be great, okay? 
A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates is a renowned speaker and is an architect of change. Consultations, training, seminars, and speaking engagements are the venues where she affects change. Whether your responsibilities include customer service, sales, marketing, training, executive management, or ownership, and you are seeking change in your organization, then you need to hire Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Connie doesn't just fill your ears with rhetoric. She speaks to the heart and success of your business. So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change, Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Okay, we are back with Fran Ladle, and we are talking about branding to boomers this round, uh, our part two segment. And so we, we talked about the, the exercise poster paper or flip chart, whatever, put it up, and then the four motivational drivers, belonging, freedom, power, and fun, and what stories can we tell under each of them. And that's a great way to uh, connect or engage with boomers. Are there any other things or ideas that you can share that helps boomers buy from us? Okay, you have to be on social media, and when you're on social media, don't, don't be selling. Share the stories that you have on your website, all right? Uh, the other thing is um, uh, baby boomers, we demand great customer service. Everybody wants good customer service, but we really demand it. So if you're in Definitely. any kind of industry where customer service is an aspect of what your, uh, uh, of what your business is, uh, make sure that you share stories about from other people about how great your customer service is. So you want to have the website. Um, you want to have the you, – you use social media to share your stories. You want to make sure that people know that you have great customer service and offer people volunteer opportunities. Boomers love – this is, again, a shared value um, with millennials. So when you're thinking about your budget, there are very many things that you can do that you'll be able to address – engage millennials and engage boomers at the same time. Now, again, you do not have to create an event. Um, you could be, you know, uh, uh, there was a, there's a bank uh, in, the, in the Philadelphia area that was collecting uh, blankets and sheets for, um, uh, for houses where children were um, from displaced homes. They needed oh, wow. blankets and sheets, and they said, when you come to the branch, could you just go ahead and bring some of these in? Um, uh, one of my bank clients in New Jersey, they give you opportunities to be involved in volunteer activities that help the community. It's not that they create the, the activity. It may be an activity that's created by the, the United Way or Big Brothers, Big Sisters. I mean, there's a lot out there. All you have to do is align with them and say, by the way, um, we're supporting this uh, charity this month or these couple of months, and we're going to go over there, we're going to work with them, whether it's Habitat for, for Humanity, whatever it is. But reach out to your customers or potential customers and say, would you like to go ahead and join us? So make sure you, you have the stories on your website, share your stories through social media, and then provide us with volunteer opportunities. If you're looking for different volunteer opportunities, go to AARP. They have so many opportunities available in communities across the United States. Just pick one and decide that you want to go ahead and align with that for whatever period of time. And invite customers, invite people who are connected with you on social media too, to help to give back to that charity. 
It's interesting, Fran, because I think more and more we are becoming more charitable as a society. So everywhere you go, people are doing some really, really good things. And I know my my niece happens to belong to a sorority at Rutgers, just Rutgers University, and she's a senior this year. And they collect the uh, the box the box top coupons. Oh, right. And her that's one of the things they do. Um, she's always on Facebook and Instagram and all of that, but they have different events, and she sends us, you know, hey, I'm doing this event. Do you want to contribute? Do you want to participate? So we, we're seeing it. I'm, I'm happy that the kids are getting involved with the volunteer, but I think we see it more and more at the corporate level, and it's so important to give back to where you work, function, and live um, because you're part of that community. So I just love that. The other thing I wanted to comment on is you said great customer service. And I know that when I get really bad customer service, I get mad. <laughs> I am not happy because you're, you're choosing to take dollars out of your budget to go to dinner with your family, let's say, as, as a splurge, right? And you go and you get bad service from the, the waiter or waitress or you have to wait before someone comes over and acknowledges you because they're not staffed properly. That's not my problem. I'm choosing to spend my dollars here. I just, now, again, you don't have to kiss my, my, my butt or anything like that or my feet, but I do expect the level of customer service. I think, and, and I'm curious to see what your thoughts are on this, but I think over the past five to ten years, the level of customer service that's received out there is diminishing greatly over time. And I think that there is a lack of customer service out there, which I think is absolutely frightening. Is that because millennials don't expect that, or is something else going on? This is is the deal. If a millennial gets poor customer service, the first thing they do is they pick up their phone, they post it to Instagram, they post it to to Facebook, they'll post it to uh, restaurant reviews immediately. When boomers get um, um, uh, experience bad customer service, it's not our first reaction to go ahead and go on um, go on social media and share that. Our reaction is to stew about it because we're saying, you know, I worked really, really hard to go ahead and do this. It has not it has not met my expectations. So that's the one part of it. The other part of it is. Um, the millennials, there's a different way, to, and you know this, this is your area. There's a different way to, um, to manage millennials than baby boomers. So they respond to, to different ways of uh, educating them. They respond differently to uh, manage, management. So what's happening is, unfortunately, many companies have not implemented programs that are addressing how to manage a millennial workforce. Um, so they're, they're managing them as if they're still boomers, because you know, that's typically what it's been, because we were the biggest generation, but we're not the biggest generation anymore. Now it's the millennials. So the poor customer service, yes, that is happening, and it's actually the tipping point. It's a confluence of events, but one of the tipping points is that uh, corporations are not educating the millennials the way they want to be educated to manage that force, and that's, that's why we're seeing it. And that makes so much sense. So everybody that's in management that's listening, we really have to take this seriously because, yes, millennials have, have surpassed us with the number and their buying power by the year 20, by 2020 that I, I shared in the last show. But here's the deal. You still have a 
ton of baby boomers who still have the dollars and who still have purchasing power. And if these, these kids that are now getting jobs don't understand the value or how to deliver that customer service because we're not teaching them properly. And I know you all think, oh, that's crazy. It's not crazy if they're not shown the difference. So I, I think that's real important for the managers out there, Fran, that, yep. yes, not only is our brand important, but how we're teaching our millennials, our new workforce, to execute some of the basic stuff that we think they should know. No, they shouldn't know it because they've never been exposed to it. And you're right. They they have a bad experience. They go on Yelp or whatever, and they yep. put their bad review. They're on to the next thing. They don't care. We're stewing, so that's why our level or our expectation isn't being met, and we hold on to that instead of letting it go. So right. they don't realize, but they don't realize we're stewing. That's right, because we're not letting anybody know. We'll we'll tell our spouse, maybe we'll tell our kids, maybe we'll tell our best friend. Um, but it, and, and eventually we might go on TripAdvisor and, and write something, or we might do something, but it's not our first inclination. No, it's not. It's, you know, for, for a millennial, they have the phone in their hand before the bad encounter is over, and they'll actually say it out loud, I'm going to post this on Facebook right now. I'm going to post it on Yelp. Um, and they let the people know it. So uh, it's, it's, you know, it's intergenerational. But as I said, you can win with millennials and you can win with boomers because of this crossover of, the, of things. You know, we care about causes. Um, we, we, you know, the boomers uh, want to hear and see stories. Uh, the millennials want you to share stories on social. Um, uh, boomers are on Facebook. We're on there because our, that's how the only way we keep in touch with our kids. You know? <laughs> that's exactly right. Or family members who have moved away or kids away at college. Absolutely. It, it, the social media really is a great tool. We have about a minute and a half. Is there any last beautiful words of wisdom that always come from you um, to share about boomers? Well, you, I mean, the only thing I would like to share is that the way you started off uh, in the introduction, mentioning that we're tired of ads. We really are. But one of the things that we do enjoy is we enjoy references to pop culture. So whenever you can, and but our, our pop culture, all right? Um, so whenever you can... Uh, in, your, in an article or something that you're writing or a story that you're sharing, um, you know, uh, talk about a movie or talk about a song or talk about a TV show that we used to watch. Recently, one of our clients uh, wrote a piece of content, and he said, uh, do you remember The Wizard of Oz and The Wicked Witch of the West? And he, he weaved a story about The Wizard of Oz, but he got more hits on that post on Facebook than anything else that he's done previously. And it's not like him because he has a – He's a B2B company, but he realized how much it impacted. He was like, wow. So now he thinks about things. You know, he said, he said to me, yeah, do you remember that show, Mr. Ed, the talking horse? He said, I think I'm going to tie something into that. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so funny you mentioned that. This morning, one of my um, clients posted, um, and he added me. He thought it was, he, I'd be he sends his team a motivational quote um, every Monday. So he, one he had done, he, so he sent it to me. So, Con, I know you love this, thought of you, shared it which I was touched by, and I said, that, that was great. Thank you so much. And I said, can I get on your list? I love getting that kind of stuff, and I feel like you can't have – it's a quick read, right? And you can't get enough of it. Well, he sent this morning, and it was something about um, 
you know, you know you're having a good day when you don't have to call all of the flying monkeys out or however you worded it. <laughs> it, it, it was great. I go, oh, my God, this is, you're going to have a great Monday if you don't have to call the flying monkeys. And I giggled and I giggled because I said, so I emailed him back immediately. I said, love it. And thank you. That is my favorite movie of all time. He happens to be a boomer. He's a peer of mine. So that was such a cool quote. It stopped me to respond to him, where normally I just go, oh, that was a good one, okay. Um, So, yeah, you know, he knows I was thinking about him. I know he was thinking about me. You know, a little connection there. It felt good, right? Absolutely. So I love love that pop culture idea, and I never would have thought of that. So that's an awesome tip. Our time is up yet again. I know the half hour goes fast, Fran. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, so everyone, I hope you listened to last week. I hope this kind of ties in some things that you could get double duty out of so you get bang for your marketing dollars that work for millennials and boomers. So thank you, Fran, for those those awesome tips. Again, I promise I'll put uh, Fran's website link, which is www.brandchamps.com, B-R-A-N-D-C-H-A-M-P-S.com, and her email address so you guys can reach out and um, get even more words of wisdom from, from my friend Fran. Uh, Fran, thank you again so much for being on and for taking time to do the two shows with me. Um, I just think it's extremely valuable for everyone listening. Oh, thank you so much. I enjoyed it as usual, Connie. Yes, great show. Thank you again. Everyone, I hope you will join, uh, join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we all embrace change and realize that change is, is possible and probably even easier than we often think. Thank you again, Fran, for being my awesome guest and your insights and inspiration. I, I hope everyone is really looking at those marketing dollars, um, especially you know as October approaches. Um, thank you all again for joining me. You've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. Thanks so much, and you have an awesome, inspiring week. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I can't.